2: Election College episode 157 Presidential Inaugurations.
1: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, Your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith.
2: Jason, it won't be long before we have another presidential inauguration in the books. But first, let's talk about some of the old presidential inaugurations, or maybe I shouldn't say old, but, you know,
0: before now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Old would be demeaning to them.
0: Yeah. I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because we take the inauguration a little bit for granted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a party and the country, especially this year, I'm sure will be very interested in what's going on. But I don't know. I'm thinking of how in the musical Hamilton, Uh how there's that song. I don't know what the song is called, but where the king is saying, what? Washington is not he's giving up the reins. He's stepping down. That's not normal. Right. I don't think I've ever heard of anything happening like that. So it is a uniquely American institution where you have a peaceful transfer of power.
2: Right. Yeah. And it's amazing because with a few little hiccups here and there, we've never really had an issue with one president, you know, kind of Trying to keep the next one out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and really not even uh, not even really trying to keep them out. But, you know, a couple of times where it wasn't so agreeable, but it has never resulted in an outbreak of violence or war or anything like that, like in many other countries when there are transfers of power. So I think we, yeah, agreed. We take it for granted. Plus, there's a cool parade and stuff, too.
0: Right. Yeah. So you're ready to talk. uh, Well, maybe we should get back in time. Yeah. Way back
2: to 2001. No, wait, no. Further back <laughs> than Yeah, how about
0: 1789?
2: Okay, let's go back to 1789. The first inauguration of George Washington, which, by the way, wasn't until April that year because mm-hmm. the election went from 88 to 89. All you people who made fun of us for naming the episode. Yeah. Sorry, w- I, sorry I, we keep harping I, on this I, thing.
0: There's but... no need to be bitter about it, but let's <laughs> just face it. I, it, it's funny too, because there is a lot of talk about the day Washington was elected. Uh-huh. And yes, there was a day where the electors met uh-huh. and voted him as president, but it really did take place in 1788 and 89. And it wasn't until much later. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. I can't even remember which episode like
2: it was. three or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, April 30th of 1789 was when George Washington was inaugurated. And then after that, they started doing them uh, up until the 1930s, actually. They started doing them in March. And, of course, the, the exceptions to this would be like uh, years when March 4th is on a Sunday. Because, of course, you can't have an inauguration on a Sunday. Everybody knows that. So if, they, you know, if that happened, they would just move it to the next Monday.
0: Yeah, so it was the good old 20th Amendment to the Constitution where, well, inauguration date was set as January the 20th. And there have been a few days where the inauguration occurs on the Monday after because, well, you don't want to be inaugurated on Sunday. It's just not right.
2: They get sworn in, but not actually inaugurated or
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are a federal employee... And you live in Montana, well, you don't get the day off if you're a federal (laughs) employee and you live in the District of Columbia or in Prince George's County or Montgomery County in Maryland or Arlington and Fairfax County in Virginia. And hey, why not? The cities of Alexandria and Fairfax, (laughs) you get the day off because you're working hard. Yeah. So take off. Why not?
2: Because it's Inauguration Day. And, well, let's go ahead and get into, like, what. where does Inauguration happen? Like, what? You could just do it in your bedroom, right? You could you, just be inaugurated
0: in your bedroom. You could. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that your dad could swear you in. Yeah. If he's qualified, why not? And, yeah, I guess so.
2: So the first, very first Inauguration, George Washington, was held at Federal Hall in New York City. Just in case you all forgot. New York City was the first capital of the United States. We have an episode about that somewhere back in time. And then the next ones were in Congress Hall in Philadelphia, which, again, was our United States capital at the time.
0: Yeah. And so the first inauguration to happen in Washington, D.C. was after that crazy election of Mm -hmm. 1800, the, you know, the Second American Revolution. That's right where our friend TJ, Thomas Jefferson, he took the reins of government and, well, we could have a long, long episode about that. <laughs> we but may have, as a matter of fact. We probably have. <laughs> <laughs> but TJ was the first one in Washington, D.C., and his swearing in happened at the Capitol Building and that has traditionally been the place where the president takes the oath of office but there was a little event that happened in what was that 1814 when the british came yeah and <laughs> uh burned everything down thanks a lot guys <laughs> so poor james monroe yeah he was sworn in at the old brick capitol which is where the supreme court building is now mm-hmm. kind of behind the capitol and that's an interesting history about the old brick capital, which really wasn't a capital, but right. sure, why not? Yeah, they just met in there for a while, I think. Yeah, and then okay. they kind of kept prisoners there right. later on. <laughs> so, yeah, James Monroe, sworn in, and uh, FDR, his fourth inauguration, he's like, this is old hat. I'm not going to go down the street. I'm just going to stay here at the White House, swear me in. Yeah. I'm old. In between breakfast and lunch, I can just hop
2: over... <laughs> To the Red Room or whatever they call it. <laughs> right. Put my hand on the Bible.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Truman was also sworn in at the White House. Well, because FDR passed away. And uh, that was a low-key event. Mm-hmm. And then Gerald Ford, well, we all know what happened there, where Nixon submitted his resignation. And Ford, the poor guy, never elected president, although he was president. Right. He gives his quote-unquote inaugural address as a chat among friends <laughs> over network TV. Why yeah, not?
2: Why not? Uh, pretty much all of the other inaugurations have been held outside. And almost all of them or actually all of them other than the ones we just mentioned were held at the Capitol building. And the first bunch were on the Western front of the Capitol building, which uh, faces if you've been there towards the Supreme Court and Library of Congress and things like that. And then in 1981, they were like, hey, you know what? It's really pretty on the other side. Like, yeah. And there's more room for people to stand around too. So uh, why don't we just switch it up and we'll go over to the other side. So now if, you, uh, if you're looking at the Capitol from the Lincoln Memorial, that's the side that the uh, inauguration takes place on.
0: Yeah. So we mentioned that it is a peaceful transfer of power, mm-hmm. but it hasn't always been a happy transfer of power. And, um, that's the case with anyone whose last name might be Adams. Adams. Yeah. The Adams family. Of course, John Adams his rotundity. Uh, he wasn't very popular with the opposing party. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very popular with his party. Right. <laughs> so he wasn't very happy that his vice president TJ became president. So he said, you know what? I'm taking my things. I'm going home. And he takes off for Baltimore. I think he got up at four o'clock in the morning and is like, I'm (laughs) out of here. The living in the White House for a couple months. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's
0: that's enough. Yeah. So some people say, well, he was being noble and he wanted to make sure that tj it was his show uh, we know the truth yeah yeah <laughs> he he bolts to baltimore and then takes a something a, a horse train. yeah a train i don't know <laughs> something <laughs> he hightails it to massachusetts and then his son like father like son yeah the q he's like i cannot stand andy jack andy jack doesn't like the q and in 1828, maybe he just didn't want to be a part of the party. That's possible. He didn't seem like a party animal.
2: I think he was the opposite of a party animal for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. You need to come back on Thursday and listen to the episode <laughs> that we're gonna do on the election of 1828. Well, we already did an episode on the election of 1828, but the inauguration, the inauguration. of 1829. Yeah. yeah. Gets a little crazy. But uh yeah, the queue doesn't attend. And then, of course, Johnson, Mm -hmm. Andrew Johnson. Right. Well, what happened there, Ben?
2: Well, if he wasn't drunk at the inauguration, he just wasn't going (laughs) to (laughs) go. So he doesn't show up to Grant's inauguration. Uh, And then uh, Woodrow Wilson didn't go to Harding's inauguration. Uh, He actually rode to the Capitol with them, but uh, wasn't physically able to, to attend the inauguration just because of the steps and the Uh, The things he had to climb up and everything, which, of course, you know, now probably wouldn't be as big of an issue because there'd be all sorts of accommodations. But at the time, it would have been pretty difficult for him.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, Nixon didn't attend the inauguration of, (laughs) well, it was their inauguration. He didn't sit in the live studio audience (laughs) for Ford's uh, speech or even go to the swearing in Mm -hmm. because he was hightailing it. Yeah out of dc and if you listen to on the plane yeah on yeah. the jet plane that was air force one until it's flying over kansas and well it became
2: and the pilot cried oh i don't think that's true well
0: because he's like i'm on air force one nope it just <laughs> changed
2: no i just lost a couple thousand dollars in pay great <sighs> i wonder if he gets them if you get demoted if you're not flying or if you're like Flying Air Force One, and then you're not flying Air Force One anymore? I wonder if you get demoted. No. I bet you do. I bet you do. So, Jason, during the inauguration, there's like a lot of different stuff that happens. And one of those things is the oath of office. And it's probably like the most important thing, I would say. Uh, But it's, you know, there's a lot of different oaths of offices that happen. And they can range anywhere from, you know, when you were president of the student council in, in college all the way up to being the president. The oath of office wasn't always the same, though.
0: Yeah. So the Constitution only provides the guidelines for saying there needs to be an oath of office. Right. Everything else for the inauguration is like, uh, so what did the guy before you do? Yeah. <laughs> and what ends up happening is, oh, around 12 o'clock, the president elect stands up in front of everybody. Usually it's a chief justice, but it doesn't have to be. They get sworn in. And there are some variations. You can say, I solemnly affirm instead of I solemnly swear. I guess you don't have to solemnly do anything, but that's what Washington did. So why not? And then I didn't realize this until researching it in this episode, where the phrase, so help me God at the end, Mm -hmm. that was just because Washington was saying the oath as if it were a prayer. So, well, sure. A,
2: and I mean, a for, prayer of sort. for Washington and other people of faith to say, so help me God would mean a lot, right? I mean, because we would, we would think that if I'm going to to swear to this highest responsibility in the nation, I'm going to need God's help or it's just not, I'm not going to do it by myself. I I know that. So, you know, he was, Um, What they say most likely was saying, so help me God, like, otherwise I'm not going to get through this. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it's just kind of become a part of of our oath of office.
0: Yeah. Man, the pressure. I'm just thinking about how presidents look at the beginning of their term and then how they look (laughs) four years later. Yeah. Of course, we've all seen the picture of Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And wow, four years really took a toll on him. And really every president, although sometimes I look at pictures of myself four years ago and I'm like, wow, I did look like, a, I had a few rough winters. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm not even president and I look this bad. What would happen? <laughs> I
0: also
2: think it's kind of unfair because like a lot of times presidents at the beginning of their term or, you know, in one part of life and, and at the next part are in like, you know, and it'll what we would consider an older part of their life. So like, I think, yeah, naturally you're going to age some, but being in the public eye all the time and, you know, like knowing that you can, you can, you have nuclear codes and stuff. I'm sure is pretty stressful.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine. So most of the presidents have chosen to swear or solemnly affirm their oath on a Bible but that doesn't necessarily have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a law book like the Q did and, um, well, you could have cat in the hat if you wanted. You don't even have to have a book at all. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause There's... the constitution just says, that's right. Do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you were a modern president, kind of like Obama, I think he had a couple of Bibles that he took the oath of office on, uh, He had Washington's Bible, I believe. Which it's funny about Washington's Bible Uh because that is housed at the Masonic Temple in New York. Right. And well, they take it off the mothballs. I don't think they're really mothballs. Well, I would hope not. (laughs) But they bring it out and they say, Here you go, you want to be sworn in on this? Yeah. But I think it was because I think that the reason that particular Bible is used is because he, Washington, didn't have a Bible. And they're like, hey, anybody have a Bible? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and then they just like, uh, according to legend, I don't know if it's 100% true, but they he was getting ready to be sworn in. And they were like, anybody get a Bible? And somebody was like, yeah, here you go. And they were like, okay, well, let's just open it up then. Why not? So they opened it up, and the, the place where it was opened up to was just completely random. And no <laughs> rhyme or reason
0: behind it. Yeah, so Obama also used Lincoln's Bible Uh and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Bible. Right. So you could have a stack of books. They could be like, hey, get the Geneva Bible. Yeah. (laughs) An original King James and you know. Yeah. Get a Gutenberg out there. And I don't know. What other Bibles can you name? The children's storybook Bible. Extreme teen Bible. Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen the Pigeon Bible? No. Oh, it's for, you know, the Hawaiian slang. Okay. It's very interesting. I think
2: you told me about this like 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You it's need to read it sometime. Possible.
2: Uh, different people will also, <laughs> um, different people will also have, uh, you know, their family Bible that's been in the, in the family for, you know, hundreds of years or even a couple of generations. Uh, they'll open to a significant passage to them that, you know, something that they want to uphold or something that means something to them. Uh, And again, you're not required to use a Bible or be sworn in on a Bible or even believe in the Bible to be president. But everyone, almost everyone who's been sworn in has, uh, has done so. And, you know, I would think it's one of those, at least traditions, if not meaningful to most people that would, that would continue on.
0: So, and just to, Point of correction, just in case I might have misspoken. I think I said Obama used Washington's Bible. Yeah. I don't think he actually did. I think
2: he just used Lincoln and MLK, but I might yeah. be
0: wrong. Yeah. So, usually the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court administers the oath of office, and um, that doesn't necessarily have to be the person who administers it. Right. I think it's interesting too. And I didn't really, I think I learned this at some point, but just a side note with this whole Supreme Court justice, you know, yeah, you can be anyone. Yeah, you don't have to be a, like, a special person. Yeah, yeah. To be a Supreme Court justice, you just need to be confirmed by the Senate. Right. That's absolutely nuts. <laughs> you don't have to have a law degree or you anything like that. I don't even think you have to have a law degree to be on a Supreme Court, period. Right. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. I
2: think you and I should be on the Supreme. No, never (laughs) mind. (laughs) As soon as I said it, I thought, no, bad idea.
0: So the oath of office is administered and then right after. So help me God, if they choose to say that the Marine band, which this has been the tradition ever since TJ does the whole ruffles and flourishes things Uh four times, which is like that. Yeah. Okay. That was my, um, trumpet. Impersonation, my nice. iTunes debut. It didn't work. Oh. It wasn't. It didn't do it for me. He didn't stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then they play Hill to the Chief.
2: Yeah. Uh. So just back a minute to people who you know do the swearing in thing. Uh. Whenever the, they've all been men, so they haven't all been Chief Justices, but they have all been men except for one. Do you know who it was? I have no idea. I just found out earlier tonight. But it was uh, Sarah T. Hughes. She was a lawyer and she was a judge as well, but she swore in uh, Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson on Air Force One. Get in, out. In Texas.
0: Yeah. Get out of town. I'm serious. How about that?
2: Because there was like, there wasn't a chief justice around and, yeah. you know, she was the only one who was a judge or a, a uh, lawyer of
0: type of sorts that was around at the time. So they were like, hey, you should do it. Hey, we're going to be aboard that very plane oh, tomorrow. No. That's crazy. If you're listening to the podcast on the release date, which mm-hmm. is Tuesday, on Wednesday, Ben and I will be on that plane. I might even stand on top of it. I might get
2: kicked out. If I you do that. might go to jail.
0: Yeah. I and probably won't do that. Here you've told everybody. <laughs> I to so embarrassing. Like, I, just, I
2: do want to go, like, you know, sit in the cockpit or something.
0: Great. So next week, if the <laughs> podcast sounds really bad, it's because I produced it. <laughs> so, yikes. Yeah. Anyway, so now it's customary that while Hail to the Chief is going on, there's a twenty-one gun salute. And uh, did you know this, Ben? I didn't realize this until researching for this episode. TJ's inauguration,
2: sixteen.
0: Yeah, Mm sixteen. Because that's how many states were in the union. You You stole my thunder. (laughs) I did.
2: Go ahead and pretend like I didn't say it, so people can know.
0: Hey, everybody. Thomas Jefferson. They didn't do a 21-gun salute. <laughs> it was 16.
2: Yeah, 16 um, Sixteen states in the Union.
0: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Man, isn't the older cousin supposed to steal the younger cousins' thunder, not the younger?
2: Well, I think there's something about first cousins and second cousins that gets mixed up in there.
0: Oh, man. But, yeah. If you all can't tell, we are together. Yeah. While recording this. It's always bad time whenever we're together. In
2: a good way. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so the inaugural address, that's kind of like what people are remembered for for their inaugurations. Well, if it's a good inauguration, that's what they're remembered for. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, newly sworn in presidents, they're not required to, but they usually give a speech and people are like, oh, that was their inaugural address. Uh, They don't have to do that. Like I said, they can do it a different time. But nowadays I have a feeling if you didn't do it... You'd probably be in a little bit of hot water with the press.
0: Yeah. That makes me wonder, is there going to be an inaugural address next week? (laughs) But (laughs) uh, interestingly enough, and we have talked about this, William Henry Harrison gave a really long address that was like 8,500 words long. And, of course, we've all heard the legend. And we're going to hear so much of this in the upcoming days. I don't know if we should even mention it, but we have to. Yeah. That, yes, he ended up contracting pneumonia or something a few weeks after the inauguration, and Harrison only was president for a month. And if you go to our Facebook or Twitter accounts yesterday, we were at his tomb.
2: Yeah, we were there and it was cold and we were very thankful on this time very near to when his inauguration would have been that we had access to coats. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had access, but he just didn't wear one.
0: Yeah. He was the oldest president at the time, mm-hmm. and he wanted to show that he was a macho man. Yep. He wasn't.
2: Hey, so there are, uh, you know, some prayers and poems and songs and things like that also sung and prayed and done at the inauguration, recited. And then uh, there's some other stuff that happens there's the con- congressional luncheon which Mm -hmm. happens in Statuary Hall in the Capitol building. And, uh, you know, that's where all the Congress people and the president and the vice president get together and have a little lunch. I don't know how they fit all those people in that little room. I know. Well, I mean, it's not that it's little. It's just that there's a lot of stuff in there. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, Ben, just Uh to backtrack a Uh bit. Yeah. What music, like what two songs would you have played? Oh, man. For your inauguration?
2: I think probably the theme to election college. Uh Uh-huh. That's probably not true.
0: Uh, I don't know.
2: I have no idea. I haven't even thought about it. Nope. It's like, people are like, what song do you want at your funeral? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm planning on not being there. I would have Eye of
0: the Tiger. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I think that would be the entrance. Would you have the original
2: ensemble perform it?
0: If they would. Yeah. Like, hopefully, they would come. Uh Uh-huh. Survivor would come. Right. And perform at my inauguration. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Man. And then... At the end, they couldn't come out.
2: Everybody dance now? No. Oh, that's what I was thinking. No, Queen. Oh, yeah.
0: We are the champions. That'd be hard. That them. would be my rallying cry for the American people. <laughs> I'd be like, we are the champions, man. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't just me that won the election. That's right. All of us won the election. Yes. That's <laughs> a, that is awesome. <laughs> uh, your campaign
2: slogan could be, I'll make you all win. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's the Congressional Luncheon. Look for that T-shirt to be made soon.
2: <laughs> and uh, they all get together in Statuary Hall. And there's this committee that gets together. And, you know, there's supposed to be this bipartisan committee. And there's the joint congressional committee on inaugural ceremonies, which seems like, I don't know, if I got to, like, pick whatever committee I wanted to be on, I'd be on the one that only had a job once every four years. That's just the kind kind of politician (laughs) I'd be be doing. It'd be because I was doing so many other important things. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would like to think that you would be a, not a multitasker, because, you know, the whole multitasking thing Uh is no longer a virtue. It's not, but sometimes
2: that has to happen.
0: Yeah. You would be, um, you would have a lot of things going on. Yeah. And you'd be doing very well.
2: Nice. Thank you. I appreciate
0: that. You'd make a very good president then. I don't think so.
2: Okay, so then <laughs> <laughs> there's the presidential procession to the mm-hmm. White House, and that is uh well Thomas Jefferson started it and mm-hmm. he started it back in eighteen oh five, which is like a long time ago. And so basically he would walk down President or <laughs> he would walk down President Avenue. He'd walk down Pennsylvania Avenue from the Capitol and go mm-hmm. to the White House.
0: Yeah. They actually the only president since who's had a you know a big inauguration event Mm
1: -hmm.
0: everyone's done that except uh ronald reagan yeah because in 85 he's like man i really beat everyone (laughs) i mean i I really beat everyone i really beat mondale big time yeah Uh, i don't need to walk down also it's frigid and and i am an old man oh yeah okay that's so that's the reason okay (laughs) so yeah he uh Stayed indoors. It's
2: funny because during his first inauguration, uh, when he was walking literally down Pennsylvania Avenue, they released the hostages in Iran. And everybody was celebrating that, too. Like, literally, if you think they didn't do it, like, right away. Yeah, he's walking on the inaugural procession to the White House. And they're like, "Okay, we let him go. And so people are celebrating that, of course, which, you know, is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And four years before that, Jimmy Carter, Uh he's like, I'm 12 years old and I'm president. (laughs) And uh, for all you people who are not into joking around, he wasn't 12 years old. He wasn't 12. But he was young and, you know, he liked to get out and take walks. Yeah. And uh, he walked all the way from the Capitol to the White House. That's a hike. It's not a short walk, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've walked from Arlington all the way to the Capitol building. Further. We walked all the way to the Supreme Court building. Yeah. Even further than the Capitol. We are amazing. We would make an awesome president (laughs) now. Yeah. Don't vote for us, please. I'm not even old enough to
2: be president, Jason.
0: Come on. Don't remind (laughs) me. So so the inaugural parade kind of just happened to turn into a parade with TJ walking down Uh the street. And they're like, hey, let's follow this guy. Yeah. And uh, that's how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) I have
2: have really bad, um, whenever I think about the inaugural parade, I have really bad guilt. Why? Because when I was like, how old would I have been? Probably four years old. Mm-hmm. My mom's in the parades, you know. She likes parades and stuff. I've I never know. really understood
0: parades. It's so weird, isn't it? It is. Parades. I've even hey, been, look at me. I've
2: been in parades. <laughs> and and wave I at me. I still don't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being like four years old, and I wanted to to watch something else on TV. And mom wanted to watch the inauguration. And, you know, it was like early 90s. You don't have that many TVs in your mm-hmm. house. And uh, I was like, can we watch something else? And she said, yeah. But she said, just so you know, it's going to be four years till I can watch another one of these. Yeah. And I was like, that that hurt me for the rest of my life. She didn't mean it that way, but still, I feel bad. I made my mom miss the inaugural parade.
0: That is horrible. <laughs> That's like one of my earliest memories, actually, in 81 uh-huh. for Reagan's inauguration. We yeah. had just purchased a color TV. Yeah. It had a remote control. Oh, wow. That was big time. Yeah. and That would probably
2: cost an extra few hundred dollars.
0: It probably did. I Can you imagine? <laughs> Seriously. I know. And the... The inauguration was going on. That's Mm -hmm. one of my earliest memories. Yeah. Man, I'm a dork. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, the inaugural parade goes on. And uh, I always think it's got to be, it's just got to be so weird having these people come by, you know, walk by and (laughs) they're throwing a parade for you. Right. I I like to think, though, that they're not just throwing the parade for
2: for the the particular. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it is, it's amazing that there's this peaceful transfer of power and unlike any other country really, because, you know, even in Canada, it's just, okay, we're going to vote for this, you know, prime minister. It's done completely different. And, and like clockwork in the United States, every four years this happens. Right. And no matter how you feel about how this year's election went, Uh huh you can still celebrate. Sure. And I, and I hope that's the case. I hope that, and we do stay away from, you know, current political issues and everything, but, but look at it from a historical standpoint, that this is something that we are not, we're not uh, undergoing a coup. Right. Where the government is being overthrown. We don't have a dictatorship. We don't have. Yeah. Yeah and and you know this is a really unique month too where man we're really pontificating here a little <laughs> bit but the whole concept of okay we have a new congress right and it's an outgoing presidential administration and we are at peace right that is a really cool thought that that transition has already happened with government the government house and office. the senate yeah. yeah and that our president is safe right right now right and then next week he transfers power over to the next president and it's peaceful absolutely
2: and it's also crazy to me that and well maybe we'll talk about the guys who didn't at some point a little more uh, in depth of, as we've done in the past as well but like you know I'm I'm sure that our current president is not thrilled about the opposing party coming in just like any president wouldn't be thrilled with the opposing party coming in. But guess what? They're going to show up and he's going to be there and he's going to be respectful and he understands the importance of a peaceful transition.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important and and that's good. And he's got a house in D.C. That's right. I mean, he's going to live not too far from the White House.
2: I wonder what he's going to do. Do you ever think about that? Like some presidents seem to stay really involved after they're done and Mm -hmm. other presidents just like disappear off the face of the earth.
0: Yeah, it's you crazy. know, I kind of liken it to, you know, how we're very passionate about particular sports teams, or whatever. I feel uh-huh. like the older I get, maybe not so much. But, um, you know, yeah. it's like all those former Red Sox players that now play for the Yankees. And you're like, how could you do that? You know, because if you're born a Red Sox fan, you're going to be one until you die. And here the players transfer teams. Right. So easily. A lot of times. Depends on where
2: the paycheck comes from as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of times we think of it in terms of what our political preferences are and so on, but uh if you're a professional politician, you're you it's quite possible that you're going to look at the opposing party and not be so violently opposed to the people, right? You might be very opposed to their policies or their politics, but they're a colleague. And there's respect. I I saw something uh, just the other day about how uh, agreements with the senators Uh a lot of times happen in the gym, in in the senator's gymnasium, where they're just shooting hoops with people on the opposing side, but they approach them almost like friends. Sure.
2: Well, it's interesting. I mean, we're getting way off track here now, but that's okay. We're at the end of the episode almost. The uh, the uh, there's a, a a joint committee in Pennsylvania for uh, liquor control, actually, and there's a Democrat and a Republican on it who head the committee, and they're buddies. I don't think they became buddies. You know, th- I think they became buddies as they were on the committee together, and they're both fighting for reforms in different ways for the for the um, task that they've been given. And they have completely, not completely, they have differing viewpoints on many things, but they like go to, they went to each other's weddings. They go out, to, uh, get dinner and, and a beer together. Like they're, they're friends and they can respect each other while also fighting for what they believe in differently. And I think that's a really cool, <laughs> a really cool story, a really cool relationship for them to have. And I think that's the way it really should be and can be.
0: Yeah. And as you know from this podcast, listening to the history that these disagreements and many times it is about the same, you know, the role of the federal government, the role of the state's governments and so on. Let's maybe we can wrap it up like this, this episode like this. John Adams didn't was so against Thomas Jefferson, his old friend, he was so against him that he didn't attend his inauguration. And years later, yeah, the two make up right. and exchange some of the greatest correspondence that, well, I would say I would lump it into world history. Some of the greatest correspondence between political opponents, but personal friends right. that the world has ever seen. Absolutely.
2: Well, some of their last words before they passed
0: were about each other. Yeah, that's crazy. On the same day they yeah. passed. Crazy, July 4th. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of correspondence, it's extremely easy to correspond with people. And one of our favorite ways to receive correspondence. We're on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Still blown away by the whole internet thing. And uh, oh, we can put in that little fact about in what 1997 seven yeah Mm -hmm. that's bill clinton's inauguration it was the first streamed inauguration yeah of the internet when i think about the internet and
2: live streaming 1997 doesn't come to mind generally like internet in general you know but live streaming yeah holy cow i was on a dial-up modem in
0: 1997. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on, man? It's like watch one second at a time, I guess. And now you can actually leave a review in iTunes in about 48.6 mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah, exactly. So go to electioncollege.com/slash/review. That will take you to iTunes. It'll take you to where you can leave us a sentence or two, just extolling the virtues of listening to this (laughs) podcast we really do appreciate it we do we for sure do
2: and if you've already left us a review or you're going to leave us a review and then you come back and you want to go and uh, say hey to us it's so so easy to do that over at election college on facebook election college on twitter election college on instagram and electioncollege.com you can check us out at all those places You can sign up for our newsletter where we send out, uh, hopefully, interesting facts to you, and uh, we would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, and uh, we always welcome ideas for future episodes Mm -hmm. and uh, any feedback. We certainly appreciate it. We've known to— Unless it's uh,
2: negative. I mean, we don't want that.
0: Yeah, but, you know, constructive criticism. (laughs) We appreciate it. Yeah. All right, we'll see you on Thursday with the inauguration of 18—